We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi there, you are listening to The Green Room, a euphony podcast powered by Yamaha headphones, and I am your host, Tiana Spita. And this episode you're listening to right now is part two in a two-part end-of-year wrap-up special, where I go back through the year that was for The Green Room podcast and revisit some of the moments this podcast has had since I took over the show earlier in the year. And we also revisit some time before mine in part one as well. If you haven't already listened to part one, jump on over. It's all things music guests, including Aussies and international artists. But for this second part, we are starting off with some actors and comedians who stopped by the green room in 2021. Here we go. Now, it wasn't just all about musicians in 2021 on the green room. I was also joined by a range of comedians and actors from at home and around the world as well. But my first two guests at this point in my wrap-up kind of straddle both the music and film worlds in their own amazing ways, so it feels like a fitting segue between my music guests. The phrase triple threat is often bandied about quite readily these days, but for Aussie creative Dynamo Keenan Lonsdale, he is the genuine embodiment of that coveted title. Currently turning heads in Tinseltown thanks to his impending role alongside Dylan Sprouse and Sarah Highland in the LGBTQ rom-com My Fake Boyfriend. You may also know him for his previous work, including as Kid Flash in many CW series. But Lonsdale actually also got to release some music in 2021 as well. But as he revealed to me earlier this year, his creative drive and flow entirely stems from a place of connectivity and authenticity and some romance, healing and joy for good measure. I was like, I don't really want to be, I don't want to do, like I want to be part of queer films and projects but I don't want to do them if they're not going to be told the right way I don't want to be playing into all these stereotypes um or I don't like I just want us to be able to share an authentic voice I think that's what's going to make the best difference and um obviously that's where Rose was at and and we it's really cool to have finished the production and been like you know I think we did that shit (laughs) I think we I think we fought the good fight where we needed to and um I I um at the end of the day i also took on the project because it made me smile and laugh when i read the script and it made me feel a bit kind of hopeful about love and i was in a slightly cynical place um with that and you know i think if if a script can can bring light to you and and can you know open something for you it's like hmm. i i felt like i could use a bit of romantic comedy in my life <laughs> oh don't we all like secretly i was like um, i watched one for the first time of the week and i'm like oh i'm actually enjoying this like yeah, i don't i'm so like good. i've stopped calling it a guilty pleasure like it's just sometimes yeah. you do need that in your life hey eh? yeah and especially at times when you know we're all going through it especially people went through a bunch of stuff last year um these are real issues and and 
a lot of um a lot of heartbreak a lot of loss a lot of serious things and for me when that happens like i think okay well i don't deserve joy and i don't deserve this and it should all just be suffering but it's like well but then how are you going to get through and where, where are you going what's the goal at the end of that you know and so we have to be able to laugh that's healing that's medicine like and so it made me appreciate uh joy and humor a lot more especially because of the times we've had and from Aussie creative rising stars to a man who literally changed the game in Hollywood. 2021 saw the 25th edition of the James Bond movie franchise finally come to fruition after lengthy delays and a whole lot of changes along the way for No Time to Die. And stepping in to shape the 007 Sonic world was none other than Hans Zimmer. Constantly labelled as a living genius and renowned as one of the most prolific and influential film composers of this era, Zimmer's humility and inventive spirit not only shaped the latest Daniel Craig Bond outing, he also was behind Billie Eilish landing the coveted Bond theme song spot, making Eilish the youngest artist to ever record a James Bond theme song along the way. What happens with these projects is, is, I mean, these particular projects, and I have some experience of this, a little bit of experience of of this, um, having done, you know, the the three Batman movies, that you realise... It's not just three movies. It's like in in my case, it was 12 years of my life. In Daniel's case, it's I think it's 16 years of his life. So um, I think in Barbara's case, Barbara and Michael's case, it's been it's been their whole life. Um, So you've got to show some respect. And so, of of course, I mean, I very much invited my uh, invited Daniel in to, to, to be part of the process. Um, not just because I wanted to be respectful of what he, of the work and the, the you know the seconds of his life that had taken away, but if there's a, is there anybody who knows this character better than the man who is actually playing the character? So that was an imp- that was an important part of of the whole process for me. It was quite it was quite an adventure, you know. Then then there, you know a friend of mine pointed me in the direction of a very quiet and very humble and very unbond-like song by an artist called Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. And, um, you know, because what happens on a Bond movie, everybody wants to get their song in. Everybody wants to be the person that has the Bond song. So there's a pile of songs, you know, for me to just have a listen to. And 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 I just, I just loved what Billie and Phineas were doing. And at first, you know, people were sort of going, but, but hang on a second. It's got nothing to do with this film. I'm going, of course it has nothing to do with this film. They haven't seen this film. Get them on a plane. Get them over here. So um, to me, it feels like I said the words and they were here. Do you mean it's like, you know, it's like it's it's, they must have gotten a ticket that day. They must have not even packed a toothbrush. They they were in the studio with, with us. Another Hollywood staple who joined me on the green room very, very recently this year was the dynamic Amanda Stenberg, who joined me to chat about her role, not just acting in the recent film adaptation of the Broadway hit Dear Evan Hansen, but also she explained to me about the experience getting tapped by Tony-winning songwriters to collaborate and create a brand new song for her character for the film. Well, it was 100% because Stephen Levinson and Stephen Chbosky and so that's our screenwriter and our director and Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, our, our songwriters, came to me and were like, we want you to write this song with us. And I was like, huh? 
you got you guys have like Tonys and stuff. Like you want me to write a song with you? And they were like, Yeah, this is really important to the creation of the character. So um I'm really grateful that they even like believed in me or saw potential in me as a collaborator. Like I'm I'm so honored by that and we had such a special time together writing the song. Um and yeah, exploring who Alana is through the song, um, who is someone that is figuring herself out, but like doesn't necessarily n- know how to how to see herself as a valuable person without external validation yet, and that's just another manifestation of of like dealing with you know depression and anxiety. Earlier in my 2021 green room wrap up so far, we heard a bit from the chat that I had with the incredibly lovely Sam Nelson Harris from X Ambassadors and a beautiful link with another one of my guests from this year came via the Beautiful Liar podcast that Harris launched this year featuring none other than Emily Hampshire of Shits Creek, Chapelweight and 12 Monkeys fame. And she lent her voice to the secret friend Shadow in the Beautiful Liar podcast and also served as executive producer in the process. And while Emily and I inadvertently planned a podcast based off of our own childhood recordings and not so mortifyingly, but somewhat mortifyingly singing along to The Little Mermaid, she also shared how music plays a huge part in any role she takes on. My taste is so kind of on polar opposite ends. Like I will, when I'm driving in a car, uh, driving in a car what else would it be driving <laughs> I don't know when I'm in a car I um I'll listen to like top 40 uh just like the top stuff that's playing really into little Nas um Olivia Rodrigo but then I also like I love musicals I love Hamilton I um I love the chicks formerly the Dixie chicks uh so it's really like a big spectrum of um yeah, I like making playlists. So like any part I do, I always make a character playlist, which sounds embarrassing as that comes out of my mouth. But I, I love do, that part. I always make like I have I have my Rose playlist for this show Chapel Weight that I was doing. And um, yeah, I always make a playlist and then I do kind of scene by scene the mood of this just because music really is a fast track way to get you into wherever you need to go. Every series I've ever done, the first thing I say to the showrunner is, can we do a musical episode? And that's what I said to Dan, uh, first season of Shits. And he's like, maybe the town might do one one day. And I never in a million years, I thought Stevie would be like, you know, the person dressed in black moving furniture in the back. Um, But I just died when I found that out. And when I did this other show called 12 Monkeys, I got to do like, Pink's You and Your Hand to Hitler. It was a time travel show. Um, and 99 Luft Balloons in German. Um, I've had so many opportunities to do these like musical numbers, which is crazy because I am not a singer, like at all. But I just love it. I, I do tell people like, I, you know, I can't read music and I'm not a professional singer at all. Um, but I will commit. <laughs> I do feel like I can tap into a character through their their musical kind of renditions. Like to me, maybe this time as Stevie was an even greater song um, because it was Stevie singing it. Like the original is, 
is, you know, maybe this time I'll get a man, maybe this time he'll love me. And with Stevie doing it, it's maybe this time I'll win. Maybe this time I'll be as great as everybody thinks I can be. And it's so, uh, such an empowering moment for her. From the silver screen to the land of laughs and comedy, I was also very fortunate this year to be joined by some extremely hilarious comedians, including a bucket list moment, spending time with Auntie Donna, or more specifically two-thirds of Auntie Donna, when Broden Kelly and Mark Bonanno let me into their world. From accidentally ostracising Broden while Mark and I raved about Mike Patton to chatting about the connective power of performing live, the boys also took me through their post-it wall of potential sketch ideas, and here's what went down when that happened. We haven't written any new sketches. We haven't written any sketches. Do you want to see them? Yeah, we can show you what some of we wrote. Whenever Let's people um, people have been like, "Hey, how's the how's the um, how's the show writing going?" I say, "Really good." Yesterday, and I mean this, I say, "Yesterday we wrote a sketch called Poos That Fart," um, and so we're pretty happy about that so far. These are the sketches we've written so far. So you got footy commentary, country cafe. Choo choo. Choo 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 hasn't really been written. That was more of a, a Zach fever dream that we uh He just started to pretend to be a train. And so we're like, okay, that 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 will might make it into the show. That's savings Mark went into a cafe once and, and when they said, How do you want to pay credit or savings? He said savings, more like spendings. Because um, I'm a comedian. I don't get it. I don't understand the joke. Oh well, because um, so when uh like they call it a savings account, but it's like well, oh God, they should call it um, a spendings account because that's I actually spend out of there more than save. I actually have a separate high interest account where I do my my savings. So that should be my savings account. Why don't they call this account spendings? If if you see the show and that isn't in it, it's not in the show. You'll know it's because it was too good. Now, Sometimes we you might have to say that that's gold, you, and we don't show anyone. Um, oh, sorry, what was that? You've got solid gold here, guys. I think you should hold on to that one. Um, you wait, is, you just wait. We had the idea of literally just doing the Grease Mega Mix. <laughs> yeah, just, just doing it. Like, little, Dad, this is literally an idea that we had. We went, let's just, let's just do the song. Just do, Grease. Gre- just do Grease Lightning. Sing uh, it or just play the song? Just play the song, just play and, the song. and dance to it. Cute. I'm into it. Another comedian who stopped by the green room this year actually kickstarted his career off the back of an impromptu New Year's resolution. Going with the straight face flow, Luke Heggie brings a deadpan everyman hilarity to his stand-up, and he's someone who has inadvertently fallen into a life of comedy, but along the way has cultivated a cult-like following and he's toured some of the biggest comedy festivals in Australia and New Zealand along the way. Relatability and a harsh but fair genius underpins the Luke Heggie success story. But just how did this journey begin to unfold and what role do steel cap boots play? When I saw other people who are absolute bozos charging money, I thought, oh, I might as well charge money, see what happens. But I don't want to rip people off. But, I mean, I'm still, you know, doing other jobs here and there. It's not it's tough, well, tougher for musicians, but it's not that easy for us either. But um, it's, it's, I don't know, there was no particular point where I thought, all oh, right, cool. Like every year I quit my job. Every time I buy a new pair of steel cap boots, I think that's the last fucking set of them. I'm done. I will never be in this shop again. And then about two years later, I'm in the shop again buying another pair. So I think, oh, I've, I don't want to say I'll never go back to building sites, but every year I say it to myself, but I'm, I'm back now, you know, whatever. Comedian, podcaster and writer Becky Lucas recently joined me on The Green Room where I asked her to potentially be my therapist and we also realised we were both at the St. Pete's Ridge Festival when Gautier took the stage one New Year's Eve. 
But as with Lou Keggy, talk also turned to her comedy origin story well before she became the first female Australian to feature on Conan O'Brien in the States. And she also talked about how she feels to be part of Australia's thriving arts and comedy scene during very difficult times and the power of laughter in and amongst all of that. Most of us are just attention-seeking, like, insecure people. But, um, I mean, look, I actually, I like everything. I mean, sometimes you're like, oh, God, like, why am I doing this? Is it, you know, constantly asking everyone to, like, look at me, look at me. But there is something, you know, you forget how much. Uh, so, for example, like, um, me and my friend who do the podcast, we did a live podcast during the um, the, the lockdown and I wasn't really prepared for how I mean it's just such a stupid dumb podcast but it was really sweet like we had hundreds of people on zoom like we did it over zoom and it was just really like really sweet to see inside everyone like everyone was alone or like there'd be couples and they were home alone on a Saturday night and like you just realize how much you know comedy and stuff like that it does connect people like there is this really fundamental even if you're all just laughing at something really silly like just the loneliness that was happening during COVID and stuff you know I think it was hard for some people to comprehend just how alone a lot of people were so when we did that I was not expecting how uh, to feel so um, moved by it you know it was really really nice so times like that I do get really happy and when I when I look at people and they're genuinely enjoying themselves like I do feel um, proud to be a part of that. I think it's really nice. To close out my comedians and actors roundup for 2021, this guest that I'm closing with knows a thing or two about entertaining people amid a pandemic. Nat's what I reckon, aka everyone's favourite long-haired, tattoo-covered, jar-sauce-hating hero, became the antidote to lockdown blues and uncertain times, sharing profanity, genuine advice and some amazingly delicious meals that went on to claim people like Dave Grohl as fans, but it also just saw Nat firmly embraced as a true champion, or should I say champion young, of the people. But behind the seemingly effortless jokes and joy is also an extremely dedicated, endearing and hardworking human who loves blooper reels as much as I do, it turns out. It's full-time. It's a full-time job. Absolutely mm. full-time. Like in between things today, I'll be, I'm, I'm editing and releasing video and, you know, it's it's. I think one of the, the tougher things about the lockdown was that, like Jules and I do all this stuff together, me and my partner, and it's a lot of work. Like I edit mm. all these videos, Jules builds all the, the graphics, and you know, we navigate all the, this as a as a bit. It's a business now. It's like it's a proper fucking grown up job. Mm. A lot of work. It's heaps of work, and I have to, you know, I have to make sure this this shit's killer. Like it has to fucking rock hard, otherwise yeah. it's not. It's not, I can't, you know, swan about swearing like a fucking sailor about, you know, fuck, this is sucks, you know, and then what I've made isn't that great. You know, it has to, mm-hmm. it has to be awesome. So there's a lot, a lot of work, a lot of research and a lot of, you know, a lot of putting, putting a lot of uh, effort into it. So, yeah, it's, it's full time. It's, it's mm-hmm. the hardest I've worked in my whole life. <laughs> There's a lot of excess. There's, you know, I don't know, there's a big couple of hours of footage. Mm. You get a seven-minute video or a ten-minute video. Mm. There's a lot. I like trying to, I like trying to get the joke right or say it properly. I don't want to say it much to the exhaustion of the uh, of the crew. I just, <laughs> and particularly Jules has got to live with me telling these jokes over and over. Anyway, it's 
is a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that doesn't go into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I suppose there's a lot of uh, a lot of blooper reels wide open for some stage too. Oh, who doesn't love a good blooper reel? Honestly, well, love a blooper reel. Oh, I went in a wormhole. I'm feeling hole. like sh- sorry. Go on. No, I went in a wormhole the other night on it's always sunny blooper reels and like instantly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Sorry, I'm very pointy. Yes, I'm very excited. Yes, it's always sunny coming out too, which I'm really excited about. Oh god, I can't handle it. Like this day is just overstimulating already. <laughs> it, how how great is that? That that is like a a cure for the sads, big time. Seriously. I watched Always Sunny bloopers. It fucking blows my mind. It's some of the most outrageous shit ever, and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> And stay with me after this very short break. We will be revisiting some music industry stories from the COVID-19 specials The Green Room tackled back in August, plus the Green Room Lightning Round roundup of some of my guests' backstage must-haves. That and more coming up. With the end of the year approaching, the Press Play team are busy collating their end-of-year lists, including albums, singles, and more that wowed them in 2021. Catch hosts Tiana Speeder, Andrew Mast, Steve Bell, plus a slew of special guests celebrating the best of the year in music. Listen to the two-part special on euphony.com.au or your favourite podcast platform. They do say laughter is the best medicine, but just generally having something to watch or laugh at or listen to has really helped a lot of us, I know, throughout the last year and a half to two years. And amongst yet another difficult year, musicians, comedians and actors kept fighting the good fight to keep us laughing, entertained and or just partially distracted at the bare minimum. But of course, it wasn't always sunshine, lollipops and rainbows in 2021. And earlier in the year, I was extremely honoured to amass a music industry roundtable back in August with 16 industry experts coming together for a two-part music industry COVID-19 green room special to see where the music industry was at. Earlier in the year, as we collectively approached the 18-month mark of the COVID-19 pandemic impacting Australia, the heartbreaking reality of what the music industry continued to face as a result of oscillating travel and venue restrictions, snap lockdowns, and of course, the then slow vaccine rollout. Well, for a lot of people, it was grim and undeniably really bad. I was extremely honoured back in August to bring together an army of music insiders who very kindly spared their time to speak with me on issues facing the industry and also to chat about the long-term effects for the already crippled music sectors and what actually came out of these aside from the obvious, you know, terrible things and things that were really affecting people badly from a business and personal perspective, we actually really captured the sense of unity and support that was still underpinning the industry, despite the many blows that were coming in a time where recovery roadmaps weren't even on the menu. The end result of all of these chats were actually two extensive green room special episodes titled The Music Industry Speaks. And my guest for the COVID specials included Adrian Collette, Alex Leahy, Annabelle Hurd, Brian Smash Cladill, Chris O'Hearn, Clive Miller, Dean Ormston, Emily Ullman, John J.C. Collins, Maggie Collins, Nicholas Greco, Paul Fletcher, Paul Patico, Peter Noble and Stephen Wade and Tony Burke. Together, we all gauged where the industry was at, but we also looked to solutions and celebrated the incredible Aussie music industry that continued to fight with all the odds stacked up against them by the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Tiana. Thank you for having me. Um, it's it's much worse. You know, I, I, I've i done my very best to, you know, remain as positive as I possibly can through the last 16 months. Uh, the differences this time around, though, are that, you know, we don't have anything like JobKeeper. Um, so that 
that created a, a, a real kind of easing of pressure on all of our business and things like that in that, you know, we had significant money coming in to look after our staff. Um, and we've kind of, we've had to double our workload this time around. I mean, you know, we, as we got some green shoots and we saw some things happening, more people were putting on shows, the venue's capacity started to increase. Uh, and so we started booking and we hustled and we pivoted and, you know, we changed things around. Um, and then this time we've again had to cancel everything, reschedule everything, losing shows. But this time around, there's no future. There's no hope. There's no, hey, this is when it will all be over. So fighting for 16 months, thinking you're working towards something, then having it all taken away again with no, hey, I know it's bad, guys, but it'll be okay because in whatever time, you know, you'll be back to normal. Our whole industry is sitting here right now still with no idea when we go back to 100%. CEO of booking agency Select Music, Stephen Wade, there summing up the state of the industry around August this year. And this sentiment was echoed by the head of support at Clive Miller, who played an invaluable role this year in keeping the live industry from total annihilation. Many ways it feels like, you know, we're really back at square one uh, when it comes to the pandemic and its impact on the industry. Uh, we had that wonderful moment of reprieve in the first part of the year when I think it felt like, you know, the tide had turned and we'd achieved, you know, some level of elimination or suppression of the, the virus. But, of course, that proved to be a bit of a mirage and, uh, you know, now we're right back in the thick of things. But I guess I would say that, um, you know, compared to last year, well, obviously we know more uh, this time around uh, you know, we know, for example, the kind of help that we need from the government. And I think we have built uh, really good and strong relations with government at both federal and state levels. So we can have those conversations and, and, and many people are. Uh, so I think that that's, um, you know, that's a, that's a positive. Melbourne artist Alex Leahy touched on some of the ongoing financial realities that ricocheted for so many musicians, creatives and their teams as they scrambled to keep the lights on amid so much uncertainty. It's been pretty immense. I, I don't know the actual like hard figures on it, but like just from a like qualitative perspective, like it feels really significant. Um you know, and especially moving forward now, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to claim JobKeeper at the time, which was, you know, a real lifeline for a lot of us small business owners, especially. Um, but with that sort of having come to an end and, um, you know, again, that's sort of more tenuous um, situations and I guess like literal like snap situations that are happening, um, it's really hard to project where money's going to come from moving forward. So like, the ability to have any sort of like, uh, you know, cash flow predictions and actually like planning on spending and investing in your own business is really hard to do um, because we just don't know where the money's come from and when it's going to come. Um, you know, historically, it's always been uh, the way with a lot of businesses where it's like, oh, we've got an expense coming up to do, say, like, um, overseas tour or make a record or whatever and especially for independent artists the way that 
we would make money to fund that is to play shows in places that we know we're going to see profit. While the industry was certainly facing months of dark times back in August of this year, and unfortunately some of these issues are certainly looming over well beyond 2021, but what really rose to the surface overall during my chats for these special episodes was the small yet very powerful glimmers of hope to be found in the dark. And my industry experts certainly captured the tenacity and staggering resilience percolating despite it all in the Aussie music industry. To be honest, I, I think um, it's great that punters are still supporting us and buying tickets, even though they, they probably shouldn't be if they weren't so emotionally involved in music, which is great. But the biggest thing is I feel for the little businesses who, you know, may not have the capacity to survive. If this virus just keeps dragging on and on and we can't get on top of the vaccination, so a lot of people aren't going to make it. And I guess I just wanted to say if anyone's listening, you know, who's feeling threatened or scared about their future or if you're down in the dumps, reach out to your colleagues or your peers or at least call Support Act. They're a fantastic organisation and they're here to, here to help you if you're struggling, so give them a call. Try to um, tell everybody to look after their, you know, their mental health during this period. Look out for one another. Be supportive. If you're a consumer, music fan, punter, hang on to your ticket. Um, help out where you can. Um, you know, one thing I know about the music industry is whenever this country has a fire or flood or an injustice, the music scene is a first responder. We jump in there and raise funds and have concerts and use our voice to to support other Australians in need. And I think this is a this is a time where the boots on the other foot. And um, you know, our our industry that is normally there on the front lines, helping helping people when there's something needed is uh, is uh, needing hand. So um, yeah, just uh, yeah, hope people look out for us right now. Look, I would just say this industry, you know, and I'm not from the industry, I'm from a different industry, but I have just been so impressed by people's resilience, um, their tenacity, their entrepreneurial spirit. Um, They will, you know, they're just really um, impressive kind of hustlers. So I feel like if anybody, if any industry can get through this, it's the Australian music industry. Between recording those two COVID specials and now, of course, multiple state roadmaps to recovery, increased vaccination rates and more gig announcements have found their way into the norm. But there is, of course, still so much more to go. But to the Australian music industry in particular, I salute you and here's to much brighter days ahead. 2021. I still can't believe we're arriving here at the tail end, but here we are. And to bring the green room end of year wrap up to a fun yet fitting close today. It's actually often the way I finish my interviews too. It's a question that was conjured purely by me lazily just looking at the name of this very podcast. And I do like to ask most of my guests from time to time what makes their rider or what they like to have in their own green room backstage when they are able to get on the road. As to be expected, the answer to the green room question throughout this year ranged from wholesome to hilarious. So to close us out today, here's what some of my guests from 2021 are hoping to have in their green room in the not so distant future. Brian Canham from Pseudo Echo. I, I do like to have a small glass of port because um, that's a good emergency if you lose your voice. I don't know what it does. It does some magical thing to your vocal cords. So if I've uh, been chatting too many interviews all day or been a bit vocal and uh, just a slight hesitation in the high notes, I'll just have the little glass of port at the ready. Mm. So that's, that's a good thing. Matt and Adam from Mashton Kutcher. 
I would like to have nice coffee. I'm going to try and make sure that I'm not drinking sort of Red Bull or too much sugar and obviously not having much alcohol before we play. So I think some like a nice short black, like 30 minutes before you're supposed to hit the stage, I think would be really, really good. Brilliant. I wonder if we can get, can we get one of those, um, those trampolines? Hear me out here. So one of those trampolines that's like the round ones, the smaller for like, your children. No, they're the for like at home aerobics. Okay. Like they're like the... circular trampolines that are about a meter in diameter and people use them for like at home aerobics. Mm. I thought that'd be really good to warm up on in like a green room. Oh, session. cool. I yeah, like I didn't know where he was going with that, but yeah, like yeah, things things that help you warm up, mm. um, but not too strenuous. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like if you time uh, so, that with the coffee, that will just hit you perfectly. Just as you get right. that little jump, yeah. you guys are going to nail it. It's perfect, and then lots of water. Yeah, Ian Moss and Troy Casadaly. I didn't talk to you about the belly dancers, did I? We're on a list. We'll start a list. I'll write it down, and we'll get it sent through to all the venues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or will he be the belly dancer? Uh, well, you know. No, not, no. Will he be the belly dancer? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I think. Of belly at the <laughs> Join the club. No, uh, go on, Ian. What do you reckon? Uh, sorry, you got me. You caught me, on, caught me off guard there. I, um, if I'm drinking, which goes up and down sometimes. Nice um, bottle of Shiraz for me. Yeah, well, I'll probably a little, little nip of vodka before I go in there mm. to take the nerves away. Yeah, People nice. don't realise that you do. Take the nerves away still. And they're there. Yeah, it's true. They're there. <laughs> and anything like that just to sort of help you up. And then um, then off you go. Yeah. Off you go. Do your best. I'm very happy about that. I'm Ukrainian, so vodka's, you know, in my blood basically. So yeah. this is a great answer. It's got in my blood too. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's not genetic though. No, no, no. <laughs> it was in, not inherited. <laughs> Sam Hales from the Jungle Giants. I reckon, oh, maybe like a love heart-shaped pinata filled with those little tequila bottles that you can get at hotels. Yeah. 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 I reckon it'd be that. It'd be yeah. that. A love heart-shaped piñata filled with little mini bar tequila bottles. That seems fitting. Seems seems good. It seems beautiful. It's love signs just leveled up to the next yeah. jungle giants of, level. Love signs, bit of jungle giants mixed yeah. together. Together at last. Masked wolf. Is it weird if I say water? <laughs> I actually, I, I don't ask. I don't even. I barely drink. Like um, that stuff is for my my manager because he loves having a bit of a drink. So he's just like, yeah, cool. I'm just a very. I, I get like a bit anxious before performances. So like, I just like chilling out, having water, and like, I hate being there four hours before because I, I'm just thinking about the performance. I can't think about anything else. So like my my essential item, I actually like if there was an item as this necklace. Like I always wear this necklace. So nice. Yeah. So water and, water and the necklace, and maybe don't bother you before the show. We'll tell don't everyone just still keep you vague. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dom from Nothing But Thieves. That's really good. That's a really good question. I guess um, I can go either answer this sensibly or not. Maybe I'll do both. Yeah, um, let's do both. Let's do it. We um, I normally play after like a beer or two because I get slightly nervous. Even still, like I think once you have a beer, you kind of your nerves settle. I wouldn't say it has to be a beer, but it's just something that has a slight alcohol content to ease the uh, ease the nerves a bit. That's kind of key for me personally. We also 
this is so nerdy, but we had this entertainment system built, which is a huge flight case with a flat screen TV in it, speakers either side of the TV, and then like PlayStation and Nintendo and all this stuff. And it, the, the crew wheel it into the dressing room, take the front panel off, and it reveals this like really nerdy gaming system. And we listen to music on it, and you can connect your Bluetooth and all that. And that is like having a living room everywhere you go. So when we got that built, we we're like, this is just, this is life now. Sometimes you're playing FIFA and you're like, We've got to be on stage in five minutes, but we've got to also win the game. So <laughs> we have to, yeah. Why are they late? Um, it's technical reasons, definitely. Yeah, technical reasons. Yeah, it's gone to penalties. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Greta Ray. Uh, it's less about keeping me sane, and it's more just like this weird thing that I need all the time is pineapple juice because it's good for vocals. And I like am really disgusting, and I will carry around like a full golden circle carton from the supermarket of pineapple juice in a rehearsal and I will down the whole thing and it's probably like not even pineapple juice at that point it's like that's got so much like sugar and added stuff in it but it's like that yeah it's good for your voice and that's a little bit of like a safety blanket thing for me so definitely that is an is an item on my rider oh, yeah. I actually have some in my fridge right now so I don't think it'll last till you'll be able to get on the road but if you need a backup and you're in Sydney I've got your comments okay. good to know mate Lauren from churches I don't know I feel like I live a like Martin came around to my house once and looked in the fridge and was like your fridge is basically what our rider is and I'm like that's why the stuff's on the rider like, I don't understand. Like, yes, I would like some honey and lemons. And yes, I would like some hummus. But I'm going to say like a bottle of Laphroaig because that's Ian from Church's special beverage. Like he's, he's, a, he's a real whiskey connoisseur. And yeah, it will make me feel, I don't ever drink whiskey because I can't <laughs> handle it. It's just too intense for me. I either, I dry rich and then like get like teary eyed. I can't, I can't handle it. But that's I have such memories of that smell because it always makes me think of standing next to him when we're just about to go on stage because he's got a little cup of whiskey. So I'll know we're back in the game when there's a spicy Laphroaig smell flying around the room. Luke Heggie. Oh, I mean, I, it shows you don't interview that many comedians because you make a demand, they'll tell you you're never, ever allowed back there. It's not- <laughs> You We're caught not, me. You dropped yeah, me. <laughs> it's it's not Metallica. You can't say <laughs> I want this and that, but probably just two cans of beer would do me, and a comfy mm-hmm. chair, and that's all right. Hannah from Middle Kids. I'll still like do it. Like I usually try and like drink like something else before I go on now. But like every now and then, you know, we always like on our rider we'll just be like, you know, like a we'll say like a local delicacy to see like what they put in, and then also like a local beer um and so then sometimes I like, can't resist but oh, yeah what's the weirdest local delicacy you've ever got oh um it's like you get weird things like one time we got cheese curds I think it was either in like maybe like Toronto because they're like super into cheese curds over there which and like I'm pretty sure in like Australia we're not even like our health like food and health or won't let us eat cheese like I'm pretty sure like but they're like have you ever had poutine yes okay so they'll often like put these cheese curds over poutine but like they, they just gave us like a bag of like raw cheese curds Keenan Lonsdale well okay a couple things I would like it doesn't mean I'm always gonna have them but I would like and it's different in Australia depending on where I am I would like 
weed, some sake, some crystals, incense, and sage. But we don't need all of that. But those are the things that I would enjoy. And just great speakers in the green room. That would mostly be it. That would be priority, would be great speakers in the green room so that if I don't have anything, I need water. If I don't have anything, I can at least tune into whatever kind of um, space I need to get to sonically. Um, and probably also, hopefully, someone that I love, whether a friend, family, or, you know, a lover. John from Shehad. I'm so boring. Like, I'm just, I'm like, I just, I just need water because we just like smash it out. And it's just like, I just got to hydrate, man. <laughs> That's basically it. Water. Give me water. Yeah. Frank Carter from Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Oh, God. What a central item. You know, years ago, it was like video games. There was like, I would just lock in and play video games like right up until. A year, a year ago, it was probably alcohol. Like I'd come off and I'd have like a like a big old glass of vodka on the rocks and just like really like start to wind down. Um, throughout my life, though, the most important thing to have in your dressing room when you walk off stage, and this is integral. And if you're not doing this, you're fucking it up. The most important thing is friends. You gotta come off stage, and you gotta have friends waiting for you. And if you don't have, if you don't have friends there waiting for you, to like, not even to tell you that you, they just need to listen. They just need to, they just need to feel your vibe, and they need to be ready to do whatever you need to fucking do. That's once you've got friends in your dressing room, you've got everything in your dressing room. You don't need anything else. So, John Taylor from Duran Duran. I have to have a. I have to have an amplifier. I have to have a bass. I have to be able to warm up. I don't like, I like, I like, I like to play like for half an hour at least, and then just like walk out on stage. So I'm nice and so my fingers are warm. Um, that's important to me. Sam from X Ambassadors. Okay. I have to uh, like, like an item that is provided for us or like one that I bring with me. It can, you can choose if it, it can be one you bring with you. Otherwise, if it's one you absolutely demand. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I bring this uh, 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 steam inhaler with me everywhere I go. It's it, it, it's like cost 40 bucks. I bought it at CVS. Vix makes it. Uh, and it's just uh, like a mask thing that boils water and I breathe in steam water. Uh, and it is the best thing for my voice and I have to do it. I do it every night before every show. I have a whole like warm up routine thing that I do, but like, if I don't do that, that's, that's a tangible difference. You know, uh, what, what I didn't realize until recently when I, I started going to see a laryngologist is that your vocal cords drinking liquids and, and stuff, that's not going to affect your vocal cords. I mean, it'll affect your body by hydrating you, but um, it's not actually the, the liquid never touches your cords because you're, you're, you know, you're the thing closes. I don't know what it's called. Um, but that's Nothing, when you, like, so, so you're not choking on, <laughs> on, on whatever you're drinking. Um, but steam and vapor and, uh, and smoke too, you know, those are the things that actually touch your, your cords. So, uh, um, I try not to smoke, uh, as much as I, I possibly can hold off on doing that and uh um and i try to steam every every show becky lucas oh i love burger rings 
Um, yeah, I'm a real burgering girl. <laughs> oh, damn, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> Do you? Because a lot of people think they don't like them and then I, I'm like, have one and they have it and they're like, oh, this is amazing. And that's when I, I snap think- it and say, no, I'm eating all of them now. That's what you get. <laughs> yes, they're so good. Oh, I like this. I think people think they're too silly. I think they think because they're a circle, they're like not a serious chip. Yes. You know, people have got these kind of preconceived notions. Yes, you're so right. And then, like yeah. you can put them on your fingers and have a few extras so you don't have yeah. to get up and like reach for more. Like what's not to love here? Totally. But I think that silliness is what makes like people like I'm an adult now. I'm not allowed to like that chip. It's like you absolutely are. Yeah. You know, don't, bring don't, out the inner child. Totally. <laughs> Don't commit to a corn chip for the rest of your life. There's other things out there. Kurt from the Butterfly Effect. <laughs> a guitar. <laughs> yeah, oh, that will help. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing that's usually most annoying from um, our crew because often back rooms aren't the most successful places. <laughs> and the guitar's got to be the guitar from the first song of the set. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Everything's about as being as comfortable as possible when you first hit the stage. So, and often there's a labyrinth to get to the backstage. So Yogi's always going, "Can it be any other guitar?" (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah. Other than that, no, I don't really care. Yeah. Well, I think you've probably picked the most essential item that is probably <laughs> necessary to actually make the gig good because otherwise, you know, I mean, I don't know how your air guitar is. I'm sure it's pretty spectacular. But <laughs> <laughs> So, no, it's a pretty boring answer, but, yeah, that's the, nah. most, imper- that's the most imperative item. Yes. Yeah, I know. And that's actually probably the best answer because, yeah, without it, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And last but entirely not least for our green room lightning round, Nat's what I reckon. Okay. Uh, what do I have? I mean... It's it's not exciting. We got, we got a bit of booze, you know, a bit of water. We, I think we started the last tour with kind of like, you know, a lean meats and hummus and celery sticks. I don't like to fucking eat heaps of shit before I go on stage. Otherwise, I'm, you know, so I'm not I'm not particularly fussy with the with the rider stuff. It's usually mm-hmm. some. I found mid strength beer up until I got gout during the last tour. Uh, yep. was quite good and <laughs> now I don't drink beer anymore but uh yep that'll do it <laughs> yeah so yeah, yeah I'm sorry my answer's quite convoluted and uninteresting really well I feel like you know the, the my lead into the question may have been convoluted and non-interesting but your no your answer absolutely makes sense so I think it's a good call and it's very you know it's very on brand with everything it's a bit of food it's a bit of fun so I feel like it's very nuts what I reckon <laughs> I might I might change it to uh Colgate beef lasagna only Rider. Well, I think it should be for like future <laughs> shows. Maybe we'll make that the new thing, the new green room thing. You heard it on the green room first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I first set out to make this 2021 green room wrap up special, I'd actually forgotten how many episode stories and people I'd crossed paths with since taking over this podcast back in May. Probably because I've been sitting at home in my PJs talking to myself for most of this year. But I do have to give a huge shout out to my engineer, recorder and all-round epic problem solver, Zig Parker, who has helped me settle full-time into podcast life. From our 1am interview recording time slots to beers on a Friday Zoom waiting for artists and piecing together hours of content and all the hurdles that comes with it. Zig, you are an absolute hero and I know myself and all our guests always love seeing you sitting on the Zoom with your fake beach background making us all want cocktails on the beach. To those listening out there who have been with The Green Room since day one and well before my time, 
Thank you for continuing on this latest chapter with me. And to the brand new listeners out there, I hope this has given you a taste of what The Green Room is all about. And I can't wait to venture into 2022 with you all. Until then, you can grab a listen to all previous episodes, including the full chats of anyone you've heard from The Green Room end of year wrap-up specials. Head on over to euphony.com.au to check it all out. Grab a watch on YouTube or just grab a listen wherever you usually get your podcast from. It is the festive season and the end of a year, so in a moment of your downtime while you're watching the cricket or lounging on the beach or listening to podcasts on your way to work, I feel you if that's you. If you do like what you've heard from The Green Room in this latest phase, let us know, drop a review, subscribe and a follow, tell the world. It has been a genuine pleasure and an honour to have spent time with you all this year. And here's to 2022, a year hopefully full of laughs, some great chats and some much happier days for us all. From myself and the entire Euphony team, have a beautiful festive season if you are celebrating all that jazz. And a little side note from me, don't be afraid to be in bed by 9pm this New Year's Eve if you feel like it. You do you, and I will be waiting on the other side in the new year to join you with more green room fun. Tiana Speeder signing off for 2021. Catch you next year. Tiana Speeder is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Mast, hosted by Tiana Speeder, recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker.